Good morning, everyone. Friends, we uh, hearing from the prophet Isaiah uh, for this Sunday. And friends, um, remember the prophet Isaiah was speaking to a people in a time that, was, uh, that had great distress for them. And so he was speaking a word of hope to them, absolutely, um, an encouragement. Um, but he was also trying to explain something to them. Uh, and that would be typical of a prophet of, the, of God. And our first reading uh, from the prophet Isaiah, uh, it actually belongs to, as we understand it in the Christian world, as one of the four songs of a mystery suffering servant, and uh, whose pain, translating it, whose sacrifice uh, will bring healing uh, to many. The church has always seen these um, suffering servant songs as applying to who we know as Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth. At the time when the prophet's talking about it, he's not quite sure who it is. And um, in this first reading, the suffering servant says that God formed him and called him uh, to bring the people of Israel back to God. And then the prophet went on to say, oh, but even more, though, then the Lord continues that it is not enough for him just to bring back the people of Israel, uh, but uh, he would be a light to the whole world. That mysterious servant, I suppose, uh, that the prophet is speaking about, thought his mission was just local uh, to the little Hebrew community. Uh, but uh, then the prophet says, oh no, it's going to be more. My friends, this is something what I call a call within a call. Um, um, there's a call on someone's life, and then uh, from that, another light comes out from it, and the purpose of that person's life becomes much larger. And uh, in our second reading, um, which is actually an introduction of the letter, um, St. Paul wrote a letter, and it's just the introduction of it. And uh, without knowing the complete letter, it almost doesn't make sense. Uh, it just seems you should have picked up that it's a greeting of some type. And, uh, but uh, within it, um, there is a detail. A name is given. Uh, St. Paul references someone named Sothenes. And uh, this Sothenes appears twice in our New Testament. And uh, the second time is this citation. Uh, the other incident happened earlier in St. Paul's life. They are acquainted with each other. When St. Paul went to Corinth, uh, Sothenes was a synagogue leader. Uh, who had Paul arrested and tried before the Roman governor. When the governor dismissed the case because there was not enough evidence against Paul for the charges uh, that Sothenes brought against him, the members of the synagogue did not go after St. Paul. They went after Sothenes, and they beat him in the street severely, beat him up. I mean, and that is not a nice event. I think we all agree, none of us want to be beaten up. So Sothenes gets beaten severely by uh, the very people <laughs> that he's friends with, if you will. Uh, and this sparked Sothenes' conversion to Jesus Christ. And eventually, Sothenes, who attacked Paul, would become his assistant. <laughs> the irony is that Paul understands this completely because Paul was beating up the Christians. And then in an event in his life, put him on a different trajectory, right? So my friends, when I looked at this, I thought, okay, um, 
events in our lives um, happen, and sometimes they're nice, not nice events, and um, sometimes we don't know the direction in which the Lord has yet to take the person. And my friends, when I thought about it, we all know people who have experienced sudden and traumatic turns in their life, uh, even if it would be later in life. And that called the Lord mysteriously hidden in suffering more often than in prosperity, uh, shapes their lives, just as it did Sothenes, just as it did Paul. And within it was a call, uh, within a call. My friends, um, I can offer myself as that. Um, I had many occupations in my life before I became a priest. And sometimes I look back in regret and certainly sometimes uh, with fear because some of the places that I was at, I should never have been growing up in Detroit. And, uh, but when I look back on it, I see that God was pushing me forward. And some of those events were not good things and some of them were just okay things. Certainly, I would not consider cancer twice in my life to be good, and yet he pushed me forward through it, and it changed my life. But it's only in hindsight that I could see, particularly because I thought, I don't know, I, was, I worked as manager of this, and I did this, and I was a shoe sales, and, and I thought, what the heck was I thinking? <laughs> but when I look back, I see, if you will, his finger upon it, he was constantly pushing forward and moving me in a particular direction. I bring this up because I look at John the Baptist. John the Baptist is the cousin of Jesus. And John the Baptist, in our gospel reading today, we hear he's having a recollection of Jesus' baptism. And his baptism, Jesus is the baptism of Jesus, and I hope you all know this, is not the same baptism that happens at our baptism font that happens to you and I. Baptism for Jesus meant a particular mission that was given to him. When we have baptism, we're talking about the sacrament of baptism. But this event of the Holy Spirit descending on Jesus like a dove, remember, the Scripture doesn't say the Holy Spirit is a bird. It's the third person of the Trinity. John is saying, I saw the Holy Spirit come upon this man. Meaning, and when I think of dove, I think of a peaceful bird. You know, it's peace. There's peace, and we even think of doves as peace and kindness. And um, so he's saying the Holy Spirit came down upon this man in this way, and it made John realize here is the mysterious servant whom we hear about in Isaiah, who would not only take away the sins of Israel, but he says takes the sins of the world away. What was even more fascinating to me is that's his cousin. So when he sees him, he doesn't say, hey, cuz. Hey, cousin, how are you? Or that's my cousin who is going to be. No, he makes a reference. This is the Lamb of God. And there's a whole homily just based on that. And I'm not going to move into that. Um, but John has been preaching repentance. This has been his... Uh, uh, not an occupation, this is his vocation. And uh, he's been preaching, repent, repent, repent. But hidden within that was another call, the call within the call. He was to point out 
the Messiah when he came. This is what the image of John the Baptist is up here in our sanctuary. His hand is pointing, meaning there. Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. John doesn't know this, but it comes to him. Uh, now he realizes this has been the whole reason. I've been preaching repentance and to the Pharisees and scribes of his time, and that was good, but within it was something else that was going to come to light. And eventually John realizes that he was sent not only to preach repentance, but to identify the Messiah. This is the call within the call. And so, my friends, each of us, all of you sitting here, have an occupation. Um, I've had a couple of them. Uh, the only time that changes, from my understanding, when it comes to medical people, they usually don't say, this is my occupation. It, they usually say, like a priest, this is my vocation. Uh, so there's a play on words, semantics. But all of us have an occupation, a calling on this earth. And everyone was brought into being for a reason, the occupation part of it, everyone sees, and it's an obvious piece. But hidden, and I absolutely believe this, but hidden within it is a deeper purpose that perhaps is not always known to us. And often I'll go to scriptures and say, can I back this up, even as I talk to myself, so to speak, can I back this up with, my, with scriptures, what I'm telling you, that within this is something. And for me, I found it in Romans 8. And I think about like some of the things that I did in my life um, that are wonderful and some of the things that I regret and the occupations that I held and the things that happened, such as cancer. And I looked and I went, we know here, Paul is saying, we know that all things work for the good of those who love God. <laughs> and I thought, I loved God in all things, but I wasn't always obedient. And sometimes those things got me into trouble. But I see that all things, he makes all things work for the good, who are called according to his purpose. Each one of you who are baptized have been called for a purpose. For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to his Son, to walk in holiness, in other words. So everyone has brought in to being for a reason, and the, the occupation is the visible piece, but within it is something different. Um, this one we cannot choose in the traditional sense. It is mysteriously put into your life and my life by God. So my friends, uh, even going deeper, you are in this place at this time with these folks for a reason. And this is the deeper thing, and I wrote it, and I was very specific about writing this, the prosperity we have known or the suffering we have endured are for a reason. And this is a hard truth. It's one that we don't like to look at. And then I thought, okay, can I back that up with scriptures? And I can. Um, it comes from the Old Testament writings. It comes from Ecclesiastes. And there it says there is an appointed time for everything, a time for every affair under the heavens. And it goes on longer and it has a mysterious end. What, we, what, is now, what now is already has been, what is to be already is, and God retrieves what seems to be lost or maybe what we think are mistakes. 
And um, my friends, uh, uh, what was really fascinating when I, I know the scripture, I know this one, and I thought about the birds. You remember the group, the birds? The young people won't. They sang a song, a really popular song, based on the scriptures. And I was like, yay, Jesus. You know, because <laughs> here was this big group who wrote this song, Turn, Turn, Turn. Remember? It's based on this scriptures. And I don't even know if people knew that. Almost to the word. Almost exact translation, not by English, but by the Greek understanding, which is even more fascinating. And Father's digressing. <laughs> but... Um, so the prosperity we have known, the sufferings we know, and things we have endured and the, are all for a reason, and I find this in Ecclesiastes. This is the message it's trying to put forth. Perhaps then in and through it we will speak the saving truth to somebody. It has a reason. Uh, perhaps um, in your encounter uh, it will be an event that changes this other person. It might be an invitation to draw closer to Christ something. None of us fully knows the complete purpose of our life here on earth and what use God has of it until uh, we come to an end of it, if you will, on the last judgment. For me, not for you, for me, that troubles me only a little bit in my heart because I know as well as God knows my past. And there are some things from my past that I do not want to recall and I do not want at the last judgment for the Lord to show it to me. <laughs> but he's going to. <laughs> And it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Because he will show us by the things we said what the impact was on others. But he will also show us by the things we did not say and do that we should have that also had an impact. So for now, brothers and sisters, for now we are called to be faithful and to walk in holiness. That's what the second letter that Paul's writing to, he's telling him, walk in holiness, be faithful to Christ. All of you who call upon him need to walk like him in his ways. And like the mysterious suffering servant of the first reading, there is a mission and a significance to your lives. And my friends, this is true. Um, uh, whether it is as grandparent, if it is mother and dad, whether it is husband and wife, there is a testimony, there is an impact that you make. So all of it has reason and purpose. Some people like Mother Teresa was on a world scene, and others it is not so, but it is no less important and impactful. God's purpose for us may be much larger than you think. You may find it insignificant, but it is not. But we only see that sometimes in hindsight, like Sothenes, our life can move along one path and then suddenly something happens and it creates a whole new meaning. And for me, just for me, when these events happened, it tore away any illusions that I had and turned me closer to Christ. That is the pushing forward that I believe God was after. Our lives are surrounded by the mystery of God's will with purpose and mission only known to him. I get frustrated by that. I don't know if you do, but I do. But what are you going to do? <laughs> what are you going to do? Walk with him. 
when things occur that we do not expect, it may be that call within the call beginning to flourish, to let it happen. This necessarily means that everything that happens to us has a moment and a mystery and a purpose. That is what the Ecclesiastes reading uh, is putting forth. So like John the Baptist, like St. Paul, we who are baptized are made disciples and called to point our way, the way to others for Christ. And my friends, in that, I also thought about Judas Iscariot. There were events in his life, and we see where that ended for him. Because on the other hand, then, that means we still have some type of control to exert. Judas Iscariot was impacted by Christ also, impacted by different events, and the trajectory for him was one that was not good. So my friends, for you, when you leave this sacred space, as the first reading would tell us, each one of you carry divine light within you. You are baptized, it's there. And I suspect that each one of you, like me, we will pass a corner in our world, our little world, where there is some darkness that you will have to be the light for. There will be some place in your little world and mine where there will be despair that has taken hold of somebody. And they wait for a kind word, a forgiving smile, a friendly embrace. All of God's chosen are called to offer these things, even when we get confused. Even Well, Father, now that you told me this, what is the call within the call? I don't know what it is for you. I didn't even know what it was for me. When I was little, I thought I would be a priest. I dreamed about it, but I never thought it would happen. <laughs> and now here I am standing at this ambo. And still sometimes I wonder, what are you up to, God? But I know the one thing that we are all called to do is to offer these kindnesses. And this is walking in the ways of Jesus. And Jesus did these, I know, because in the scriptures, he did them. When he walked as Jesus of Nazareth, he did all these things in ancient Israel. And my friends, I look and I see what people joke, and I know my sense of humor can be really quirky, but if you and I are waiting for the burning bush it's not going to happen, and it's not going to be that effect, because why? Because it didn't have that kind of effect when it happened. Moses was affected, but none of the people cared. Remember? They just were doing bad things when he was up there. They had the pillar of light by night and the pillar of smoke by day, so if you're waiting for the pillar of smoke, it didn't work back then, <laughs> and it didn't work now. What did work eventually? The apostles. It was people. God chooses people. It's his choice. And when I think about it, he chose for his time an IRS agent. Remember, a tax collector. He chose a doctor. He chose a bunch of fishermen. That's all they knew was fish. A group of women, unheard of in Jesus' time. And we can debate about what their occupations were. But he used them to reach. And here we are in 2023. And Christianity is still very much here. 
his church, as he promised, is still here. What that tells me, looking at the history, is that he has a call on your life, on your life, on your life, on your life. And I kind of already know, because I know what's happening. Sometimes we just don't see it. And more than that, we don't believe it. And often you're waiting for the pillar of smoke. <laughs> well, that light burns within you already. You just have to accept it. It becomes when you first accept his love. When you know that he loves you. Your eyes and your hearts will open to the mystery that is his. And when you get to heaven, and that's the goal, you can bring all of this up with him. You can bring it all up with him. Why, 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 why? Why did you do it this way? Why did it have to be this way? Why, why, why? Or mom and dad, you know what that feels like when children, why, 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 why? <laughs> why, what, why, what, why, what? <laughs> I would say continue to grasp the Father's hand. Ask all your questions. Just don't let go of his hand. Just keep walking with him. My friends, be patient. You will discover what the call within the call is in your lives. It is there. Just be patient uh, with our Lord with that. And be open to it. That's the other piece. Be open to it. Know that you are loved by him.